Hello and welcome to Eureka Nerd. I am Will Davis, a rich barbecue sauce. And I'm Leah Richards, everyone's favourite Icelandic volcano, Eyjafjalla Jökull. I don't actually know if I pronounced that right. I will only do it wronger, so I'm willing to leave it in. If you're Icelandic and have some feedback, let me know. If you're Icelandic and have some feedback, then why haven't you told us so far? Let's have a chat. There's all kinds of weird stuff happening in Iceland and would love to hear about it. But until then, we have some science news for you from across the wide, wide world of the internet. Well, actually, just from the Eureka Alert news website. It's news in that they've published it. It's not especially new news, but sometimes things really are worth saying a couple of times. We've got a lot of things that you could have worked out, but it's nice that someone has run the numbers. So if someone argues with you, you can go, no, look, here's some data. Always useful to back you up in a pub argument. That's what we're here for with the news that smoking is bad. And alternatives to smoking also mostly are bad. Now, we understand the need for lots of people to quit smoking because it is a tremendous health hazard, but some of the ways that people are going about their quitting of smoking isn't the healthiest way to reduce their intake of various toxins, poisons, and all kinds of stuff that when it gets into your body does you no good at all. And while it might help an individual who's already a smoker to stop smoking, it might also help an individual who wasn't a smoker to start smoking. So that's not great. Now, there's lots of different ways of smoking all around the world. You've got pipes, you've got cigarettes, you've got a great manner of means of putting tobacco smoke into your body. Apparently one that lots of people were trying for a bit was the hookah or water pipe as a quote-unquote healthier means of smoking tobacco, but, I mean, the American Heart Association will tell you that's not true. They mention in this press release that lots of people assume that because the tobacco smoke is filtered through water, it's probably, like, less nasty for your lungs, but it turns out it might be worse. They don't go into whether that might be because of other additives put in the tobacco, but apparently if you are smoking tobacco via a water pipe, you might end up with more of basically all of the nasties. We've got a nice list here of carbon monoxide, which reduces your red blood cells capacity to carry actual oxygen, nicotine, air pollutants, particulate matter, volatile organic chemicals, polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, Acrolein, lead, cadmium, and arsenic. Most of these toxins are higher in hookah than in cigarette smoke, so that's not great. I think it's interesting there that you mentioned the additives going in, the stuff that gives it maybe the fruity flavours that some people find appealing about hookah smoke. I wonder if these are the same fruity flavours that go into the most popular flavours of e-cigarette liquid, which also then turn into formaldehyde in the body. Well, the press release does mention that actual dried fruit is sometimes added to hookah tobacco, which I suspect a lot of the fruity flavours of e-cigarette liquid have never seen a fruit in their lives. Especially the ones that are like uh, cinnamon roll flavoured. Or just Skittles. Not any particular like fruit flavour like Skittles are, but just Skittle flavoured. At least Skittles vodka is made with actual Skittles. And actual vodka. You get a lovely fluorescent orange froth on the top when you mix it with lemonade. It's like all the worst stories about polluted rivers. <laughs> but it tastes of Skittles. Speaking of gross things, we can keep going. Because e-cigarettes are, for some people, like we say, useful for quitting or reducing the amount of cigarettes that they smoke. We have also talked in previous episodes about how they might explode in your pocket if you use one with a dodgy battery, meaning you have to get a skin graft across your entire buttock. Isn't a buttock a usual place for sourcing skin grafts? Oh, the irony. And that the marketing of e-cigarettes is pretty much exclusively towards children, and the use of flavours is directly appealing to children. But in terms of the actual health 
ramifications of using them as a smoking secession device, there's a lot of research that is yet to report. We have some of the most recently reporting research, the first piece coming to us from the University of Rochester Medical Centre, who have looked at the link between e-cigarette use and wheezing in adults. And wouldn't you know, the link is there. Nice little headline statistic. People who vaped were nearly twice as likely to experience wheezing compared to people who didn't regularly use tobacco products. I don't know if they looked at whether these were people who had only vaped or who'd moved on to vaping from smoking, but nonetheless, you are still likely to experience reduced lung function and narrowing of your airwaves because you're inhaling stuff that's not air. What might that narrowing of your airways do well? It is often a precursor to other serious health conditions such as emphysema, gastroesophageal reflux disease, heart failure, lung cancer, and sleep apnea. And study author Deborah J. Ossip, PhD, says that the findings are consistent with past research showing emissions from e-cigarettes, aerosols, and flavorings damage lung cells. More on that later. The take-home message, however, that she says is that e-cigarettes are not safe when it comes to lung health. They might be better than tobacco, but that doesn't make them good. And they just cap off the press release here with some lovely numbers, new data released from the Centre for Disease Control and Prevention showing, in 2018, vaping increased by 78% among 9th to 12th graders and 48% in 6th to 8th graders. I can never remember how old the grades in US schools are, but I... That's like secondary school, I think. Yeah, but I feel like a 6th grader has got to be like 13 at the oldest? I'd have said maybe 11. I've got to Google this. Oh, you're right, they're 11 or 12. I mean, that is about the age where I remember kids would start hanging around the back of the school and maybe trying to have a crafty smoke, so that's consistent at least, but they're going to look even less cool when they're doing it with an e-cigarette. Yeah, there used to be some kids who hung around outside the shop where I used to work who'd obviously pinched their parents' vape rigs, and it was... it was tragic. You wanted to step out there and be like... Guys, you're not French actors with a packet of Galois. This is terrible. And you might be wondering, well, if not e-cigarettes, then what else could I use to quit smoking? Gum? Patches? Uh, cognitive behavioural therapy? These options are there. There are elements, though, who insist that if you're using a kind of vape rig which doesn't involve burning tobacco or any fluid, but instead uses a heated tobacco product, then that is fine, somehow. Unfortunately, the European Lung Foundation disagrees, and I'm inclined to trust the European Lung Foundation over someone who's calling themselves BongLord420 on Reddit. And in fact, they note that the new device, which heats solid tobacco instead of an e-liquid, is no less toxic to the cells than ordinary cigarette smoke. Now, obviously, this is done on tissue cultures in vitro rather than in actual human lungs, because it's quite a novel piece of equipment that people are trying to use. But Really, the take-home is, tobacco's bad for you. And Dr. Pawan Sharma, a researcher at the University of Technology, Sydney, is inclined to agree, who says, The latest addition is this emerging trend in the planned and vigorous introduction of heated tobacco devices, commonly called the next generation, or heat-not-burn products. We know very little about the health effects of these new devices, so we designed this research with the in vitro cells to compare them with cigarette smoking and vaping. And wouldn't you know, it's bad. Our results suggest that these are toxic to the cells of our lungs, and that these new heated tobacco devices are as harmful as smoking traditional cigarettes. 
In fact, while comparing cigarette smoke, heated tobacco vapour and e-cigarette vapour, researchers found the cigarette smoke and heated tobacco vapour were highly toxic to cells at lower and higher concentrations both, while your e-cigarette vapour fared slightly better, only being harmful at higher concentrations. And we should say here, the e-cigarette liquid that is available commercially in the UK comes at a much lower dosage in terms of nicotine than in America. So, if you live in America, please consider alternative smoking secession products that might work and not kill you. And honestly, even those limited nicotine levels in e-cigarette liquid available in Britain is still higher than in a cigarette. And still much higher than in not smoking at all. Honestly, the trick is not to start in the first place, but for many people it's slightly too late for that, so... I know some people who have really struggled with smoking and quitting smoking, and they've come back to it years later in their life, after decades without smoking, and it just picks right back up again. We have seen some changes around the culture of smoking in England, which is probably doing a lot to help with that. You can no longer advertise smoking in shops. They have the display bans, so you can't even see what's going on, and that has circumstantially been linked to a reduce in smoking rate. I'll have to pull up the figures for that for maybe the next episode. Once you do get a hold of a packet of cigarettes, it also has lots of pictures of gross stuff and disease on it, which is a very effective in at least reminding people this isn't a good idea. Once you get a hold of a box of e-cigarette fluid, however, that's not quite the take-home message. It's not as gross, not as illicit, and it may even be trying to deceive you? In fact, our next story from Ohio State University discusses the fake health warnings featured on some e-cigarette ads. And again, this is from the American e-cigarette industry where things are stronger and less regulated, so... Bloody hell, mate. In 2017, just before the US FDA started requiring a prominent warning about the dangers of nicotine for e-cigarettes, e-cigarette maker Blue included fake warnings in precisely the place real warnings would eventually appear in their advertising. And unsurprisingly, that means that children are less likely to take the real warnings seriously. Now, these fake warnings say things like important contains flavour and important, less harmful to your wallet, rather than warning this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, which is the warning eventually placed on it. But the damage is already done. Once they've seen these fake warnings that, hey, guess what, this might make you cool, caution, and guess what, this is cheaper than smoking, watch out, at least from the 775 boys between the ages of 12 and 19 who were randomly assigned to view real e-cigarette ads and ones with fake warnings, the association of, hey, this is cool, rather than, hey, this is bad for you, is already pretty deeply entrenched. The research was led by Brittany Keller-Hamilton of The Ohio State University, and she mentions, We wondered what impression these ads were leaving on these kids, who we already know are at a particularly vulnerable age when it comes to tobacco marketing. And the impact was that 27% of participants said the positive warning, quote-unquote, was the most memorable part of the advert, and 19% of them were able to repeat verbatim what it said. That's a fifth. That's a lot of them. That's effective marketing, which is targeting young people and trying to encourage them to smoke. Not smoke smoke, but you get the idea. And this is nothing new. Amy Faketic, the study's senior author and Ohio State professor of epidemiology, says, the tobacco industry has a very long history of trying to lure in adolescents. This shows another way in which young people are particularly susceptible to tobacco marketing strategies. 
And now into some stories of things you probably could have worked out, but it's nice that somebody's done the numbers. Junk food purchases increase after recreational marijuana legalisation. I'm just going to read the top paragraph here because it says it fairly concisely that it's an infamous pop cultural portrayal. After smoking marijuana, the main characters in a movie go on an epic junk food binge, consuming mass quantities of chips, cookies, and whatever other high-calorie, salt- or sugar-laden snacks they can get. While some neuroscientists have hypotheses, there remains no formal causal evidence to support this notorious effect of marijuana on the human brain. They're trying to dance around saying the word munchies, but do people get the munchies? Science says yes, they do. Science says they certainly shop like they have the munchies. I mean, if anything, I would love to see some sibling research to this reflecting how many more people break into snack kiosks in parks and steal Mars bars. Because that's a thing one of my dad's friends got arrested for in the 70s. We have a sample size of at least one. Let's see if we can branch that out. The sample size in this particular piece of research from the University of Connecticut isn't just the one guy in Cheltenham or whatever. It is, in fact, from 2,000 counties in the United States over a 10-year period, which records a 3.1% increase in ice cream purchases, a 4.1% increase in cookie purchases, and a 5.3% increase in chip purchases immediately after recreational marijuana sales begin. Ice cream and chip purchases? I'm assuming they mean crisps. crisps. Yeah. Although I expect you probably would eat more fries. Also... (laughs) did reduce slightly in the months following legalisation. Increases in cookie purchases remains high. I like to think that lots of people, like, discovered new favourite cookies. I wonder if that is another piece of parallel research that could be done. Have there been any innovations in cookie or baked good marketing across the US? Has Chips Ahoy or Millie's Cookies or whoever it is they've got come out with a bunch of new cookie lines to try and keep up with this growing population of cookie munching stoners. Now, the author defends these findings as more than just anecdotal. Yes, they have actual numbers to back them up. Assistant Professor of Economics Michelle Baggio says, These might seem like small numbers, you know, 3.1%, 5.3%, but they are statistically significant and economically significant. You might be wondering, does she have any conflict of interest in whether or not this means anything good or bad for the legalization of marijuana in any other states or counties across the US? And she says, I am not an advocate for legalisation or not. I'm just interested whether there are unintended consequences to the policy. And if the unintended consequences to the policy are people shuffling around a supermarket going, Ooh, have they, got, have they got the gooey ones? You know, the ones with the chocolate? Oh yeah. The ones with the bit in the middle. Wandering up to the bakery section as they're doing the reductions and going, Oh my god, there's so many cinnamon rolls. Oh my god, there's so many cinnamon rolls. I need those. Do we want chalk chips or double chalk chips or chalk stuff, chalk chip, chalk, chalk chip, chip? Should we just get one of each? Dude, you're a genius. <laughs> that's true. Note, if our performance is unrealistic, that's because neither of us is in the habit of being stoned. So, in case you've missed the last 15, 20 minutes of the podcast, hi, welcome to Eureka Nerd. Smoking is bad. Smoking pot gives you the munchies, using e-cigarettes or heated tobacco devices are also still quite bad for you. And one final capstone piece for our obvious news about smoke, we're going to branch a little bit more broadly from just the stuff that you directly put into your lungs to stuff that you're accidentally putting in your lungs, 
with Portland State University finding that shifting away from coal is key to cutting greenhouse gas emissions. Now again, this is something that you might think, well, duh, but it's nice that now you have the numbers to hand to the next person who says, it's a conspiracy! They just want to take away our jobs by investing heavily in the solar and wind and alternative energy schemes which genuinely do produce more jobs and more specialist training and contribute more to the local economy than just mines. Okay, but also we wouldn't all need jobs if we just started doing like universal basic income and stuff, so... Now this piece of research in the journal Applied Energy does compare how much nuclear energy would have to supplant coal to completely decarbonize an American energy system, and it tends toward about 12 new nuclear power plants having to be built by 2025 to cost-efficiently make up for the loss of coal. This doesn't reflect the improvements in solar and wind and tidal and geothermic energy which can generate vast amount of power without producing huge amounts of very hard to dispose of waste. The Department of Energy in the UK and in the US spend a huge proportion of their budget on just containing nuclear waste. Nuclear was the energy of the future in the past. We've got other options now. For more information on sustainable energy production, see also the episode How to Save the World. We've got some opinions about how to do that. Check them out. Let us know what you think. As I was discussing with some of my colleagues at my day job earlier today, there are some billionaires out there who could do it single-handed if they just decided they were gonna. We might not ever be billionaires, but you can help. Because if you like this podcast and want to help us keep it going, then you can send us some money at ko-fi.com forward slash eurekanerd. That helps us offset all sorts of costs associated with producing and posting and maintaining a podcast feed. And also it might just be nice. You know, hey, I appreciate your work. Have a fiver. Be nice if my bosses did that, actually. Or just people on the street. If anyone wanted to go around handing out money, then you can let us know at EurekaNerdCast at gmail.com. That's EurekaNerdCast at gmail.com. And that's also a great place to send any other comments that you have about the show. Especially if you're in Iceland and want to tell us all about how to pronounce your various landmarks. Now we've got a couple of headlines to leave you with. First, a groove is better with rhythm and harmony, new research shows. Now, Will, you're a bit of a music theory nerd. Have you got a perspective on this? A beat. Harmony. Some bass. They're describing music. Music. And states with permissive gun laws have higher mass shooting rates. They're describing America. America. Until next time, that's bye-bye from me. And goodbye from me.